the city church, please, you know, talk to them, make them feel welcome. And yeah, let's, shall we all rise and, and, and let's commit the, the time into God's hands. Um, yeah, let's, let's pray and, and, you know, let's really ask God to prepare your hearts. Okay, I, I, you know, God always longs to move in His people. Okay, and sometimes it's whether or not we are ready. So let's ask God to prepare our hearts right now. Ask God to give you a heart of expectation, a heart that is ready, a heart that is focused. Holy Spirit, we invite you to have your way today. And Holy Spirit, we say you are welcome in this place. And we ask that God, today you show us your glory. That God, you come and release the fullness of your presence here today, that you come and fill our hearts and flood our hearts. And God, you open our eyes to see more of who you are. That God, you come in and give us a, a, a new revelation from your word today. And Father, I pray that right now you turn our hearts towards you. That God, you grant us hearts that are expectant, hearts that are ready to hear from you. And God, today I pray for Constance as well. I pray that, Father, you will anoint her, the Holy Spirit, you come and, and speak through her, that, God, you will um, endow her with power, Lord, from on high, that, Father, you come and, 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 and that, Father, she will preach not with wise and persuasive words, but really just with a conviction of the Holy Spirit. So, God, we commit this time to you. We say, God, you come and be exalted in this place today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. All right, all right. Uh, just keep standing, okay? I know some of you, like, you know, you come for youth service and you're a bit tired, right? So turn around to the next person and just massage that person. Shake that person and say, you know, wake up, you know, and, and just, just give the person like a 30-second massage, okay? Wake the person up a bit and, uh, you know, let's just get ready to hear God's word. All right, you guys awake or not? You guys awake? All right, okay, let's sit down. Great. Okay, if you guys don't know, my name is Constance. My name is not Constant, nah. My name is Constance, okay? I, I do not like meeting people and they say, hey, hi, Constant, Constant. No, my name is Constance, okay? Or you can call me Cons for short. Uh, I happen to have the privilege of leading the youth ministry in our city. In, in our city. <laughs> in the city, it's called 180, okay? And we believe that, you know, as you walk in life, right, your life takes a whole new turn uh, when you meet God and it's a 180 degrees turn, not a 360. You don't turn back and then go to the same place, right? But you go a different direction. Okay, so uh, today I have a few of them. Uh, that's Zihao. We call him uh, Peter sometimes. Uh, there's Aloysius. You can call him Aloy. There's Therese. And then there's Vivian. Okay, so um, all four of them, when they came, they had some specific words for some of you. Um, the worship leader who was leading today, uh, your name again? Kathy, right? Yeah. Um, Aloysius has a word for you later, so you can go to him and then he just wants to encourage you with um, something. So, he's giving me the death stare. <laughs> okay, so um, before I start my message, okay, can I just state some uh, expectations? Ooh, can I? Can I? Okay, my expectation is this. You can sleep, you can roll, you can, you can don't listen to me, fine, okay? You're, I'm, I'm okay with that, okay? But when you walk out of this place, you must have had encountered God and you must have had something change in your heart. Can? So you can sleep, you can snore, I won't wake you up and I won't embarrass you. You can, you can be, 
are, you can be using your phone. Maybe you're take, like taking down some notes or texting some girl, right? It's okay, okay? I'm not going to, hey, what are you doing? Okay, but, but this is my, my expectation. I have an expectancy that as you come into this room today, you walk out different. If not, right, what's, what's the use of coming from four to six of a youth service, right? I'd rather you go out and play with your friends. Really. As compared to, you know, coming in and then you just sit here and then you go out and nothing changes. So can I get that promise from you? Alright? Okay. Cool. Um, what's, what's yeah. Um, can I, what's your name? Hosea. Right? I, when I was just worshipping, I just felt like God has marked your heart like a David's heart. You know, and uh, you have been very serious in the things of God and you have been very earnest in how you have been, um, you know, worshipping Him and making choices in your life. And I just sense God wanting to encourage you that He has seen the secret decisions that you've made and uh, He's going to anoint you and increase your sphere of influence. Right? I just want to leave that with you. Your name is Dorothy, right? Dorothy. I don't know you from Adam, to be honest. I just met you today. Uh, but I just keep feeling this word, um, creativity. Um, that God is unlocking creativity in your life and I keep seeing this vision of a blank piece of paper and you holding brushes and like crayons and different things to form a new art piece. I don't know what that means to you. I don't even know whether you're doing art right now but I just sense that God is releasing a new creativity upon your life and uh, he's going to expand that in the next one to two years. Alright, so I just, yeah. Okay, um... Today, I want to talk about, uh, you guys are on the series called X, right? The X, okay? Uh, I love the X because it's one of the most, in fact, it's the most amazing revival that anybody has experienced before. You guys know what's a revival? Okay, okay, okay. This is an, another expectation. You pull out the best in me, right, when you respond, okay? You pull out the best in me. So, I want you guys to, like, if you, you agree with something, just say, yeah, or like, Come on, all right? I, I, amen. And I want you to just holler, okay? I don't want you to just like, uh, I'm not talking to her. Uh, uh, what's this? Um, like in our church, it's called Hokkien Ministry. La. They're the oldest people, right? So we always say, this is not the Hokkien Ministry. This is um, the youth ministry. So you pull out the best in me and you receive the most when you respond, okay? So I'll be asking you a few questions in the midst of that. Whether I hear you or not is not the point. It's about you being in a position of responding, okay? So, um, so you guys know what revival is? Okay, what is revival? Shout. Come on, Kathy, you can do it. So that's like a resurrection, is it? Like everything comes alive. That's good. Anything else? A bit more. Awakening, I love that. Okay, and, and uh, last one, just shout out something. Anyone? I tell you something, I'm not scared of awkwardness. Right? So you all keep quiet, then I'll just keep quiet. <laughs> Anyone else? One last one, come. No one? Renewal. I love that. Okay, so, you know, in the Acts, you guys know that what happened in the upper room, right? There were, three, there were 300 people, and over 10 days, there, there remained only 120 people, right? And they were all in prayer and supplication, okay? And then suddenly, right, a whole wind, like a rushing wind came upon the 120 in the upper room when they were praying, and then tongues of fire came on their heads, 
Okay? So today, I want to just bring you through a bit of a history lesson, can I? Yeah, I promise you, it's not going to be boring. I'm just going to summarize it and just give you a bit of context as to what I'm talking about today. Can? All right. Cannot. Can I? All right. Wow, improving. Okay. So, um, one of the major revivals that happened okay, in, in the world is this, uh, ref, uh, this revival called the Reformation. Ever, ever heard of it before? Reformation. Uh, it, was, um, it started with Martin Luther. Okay, so basically, what happened then was this. Um, it was in the Roman Catholic era, right, basically. And a lot of the popes, you know, the pope, the very holy one, you know, right? Okay, uh, okay so they were wearing like robes and everything. And what they did, right, is basically they would make people pay money for their faith. Okay, so every time you sin, right, you have to pay money, right, to get reinstated back into righteousness. So every time you sin or like you want to get saved, right, you have to pay money, you know. And there was even this thing where, like, let's say um, my family member passes away, right? I can pay the Pope money uh, to stand in the gap and pray for my family member who's already dead, right? To get uh, his sins forgiven and so he can go to heaven. So the church became, became a, like a money laundering kind of place. Okay, so Martin Luther, he was like, no, I have a revelation from God. The Holy Spirit breathed a revelation on him. And he said, no, this is not right because we cannot pay money for faith. We cannot pay money for our salvation in God. You guys understand? Right? And so what he did is that he pinned this 95 thesis. It's like this whole write-up, right? On the Roman, uh, on, uh, on a church in Rome. Okay? And he pinned it on that door. And that caused a reformation. It caused a revolution. And it caused a revival. Okay? And, and this revival, okay, um, talked about this, that salvation only comes from one person, which is Jesus. Right? Okay, and now we go to, a next, to the next revival. It's called the Great Awakening. Okay, the Great Awakening happened between the 18th to the 19th century. So it happened a, a lot in America. Have you guys heard of um, George uh, Whitfield? John Wesley? Yes? Okay, and so they were part of this revival. And in this revival, there were four awakenings. One, two, three, four. Okay, it lasted from about 1970s to about 1900s. Okay? And... In this revival, okay, um, people, last time, uh, there's so much tradition, right? You have to come to church and you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this, you have to do that. And it's all tradition. Like, you know how Chinese New Year is for us sometimes? We do a lot of traditions, right? Um, so, um, in this great awakening, they change people's perspective about what Christianity is about. You guys understand where I'm going? Okay, so instead of being a tradition, okay, this great awakening changed the mindset that it's a very personal relationship with God. It's a very personal relationship with God, right? And because of this revelation, right, and how the Holy Spirit breathed His breath of life over this revival, okay, many people got saved. It's like the Great Commission happened, okay? So this revival revealed a truth about the importance of the Great Commission, okay? Meaning, you share the gospel, you make disciples, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, um... And then there was a third revival, okay, which happened on my favorite day, which is 9th of April, which is my birthday, in 1906, okay? And it's called Azusa Street Revival. Ever heard of that? Anyone? Raise your hand. Okay, in this Azusa Street Revival, right, crazy things happen. So this guy called William Seymour, he only has one eye, okay? He only has one eye, and he preaches about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He preached and preached already, right? Wow, like, he, he feels very short already. Yeah. Then after that, when he went home, the next day he came back to church, he kind of locked out of the church because they didn't accept the message that he was carrying. So, Bopian, right? You understand what? Can, can I speak English? 
Yes, that's what Bopian right? So he has to he has to find another place. And this this place that they found is called the Bonnie Bray House. It's in Los Angeles. Okay, and crazy things happened in that place. Fire came down. Like literally, people's eyes were like grew out from their socket. Okay, hands right, literally like mimed, and then they started to grow out because of the power of the Holy Spirit that was in that place. And it was a revival. It was crazy. It went uncontrollable. Okay. So that was the third revival, a major revival. And the fourth major revival is this. Have you heard of Heidi Baker? Uh, Bill Johnson, right? Bethel and, uh, you know, all these great people, right? Right now in our day and age, they came from this place called the Toronto Blessing. And the Toronto Blessing happened with a revival um, that happened in this church called the Airport Church. Okay, it's near the airport. That's why they call it Airport Church. How creative, right? Yeah, so uh, it was Airport Church. And there, um, basically, people like Heidi Baker, they experience the Father's heart. They experience the Father's love. People will be shaking, rolling on the floor, laughing. And crazy experiences will be happening. And the mark of this revival was the Father's heart. So you, you meet Heidi Baker and she'll be telling you, you know, when I looked into the eyes of the Father and when I looked into the eyes of Jesus, you know, I, I, I suddenly have a heart for the lost. I suddenly don't feel like I have to strive for the lost anymore. Right, so this, the father heart message marked that revival, okay? So how many revivals have I been talking about already? I, I, I'm giving you the answer, all right? Four revivals, okay? So the first one was the Reformation. It talks about our salvation in Jesus, yes? Okay, the second one was the Great Awakening and it talks about the Great Commission, going out there and, you know, having evangelistic moves of God and the gospel going forth, right? The third one was Azusa Street and it talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit because of the moves of, like, hands growing out and stuff like that. There were miracle signs and wonders, right? And the last one, the Toronto Blessing, is where the Father Heart marked people, okay? So now that we know there were four major revivals, I'm sure there are a lot more, but what do you think is the direction that we're heading to in our generation for the next revival? We've talked about Jesus in salvation. We've talked about Holy Spirit. We've talked about the Father. We've talked about the Great Commission. What do you think this revival is about now? Any answer? Shoot out something. Remember, I'm not awkward. I'll just wait. I want you guys to engage with me. Alright? What do you think is the next revival move? Have you ever thought about that? Or even thought about, will my generation experience something like that? You know, I want to I show you something. I believe that in the next move and the revival that's happening now and is going to be greater in my generation is the revival of intimacy. It's a revival of intimacy. It means this, that you cannot do anything, you cannot be the church on fire if you're not intimate with God. You cannot do anything, right? You talk about all these moves. Every time there's a revival, there's something, a new truth that is given to the people. You understand? Like the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Father, they're all awakened, like that, that lady said, awakened to a new reality. Okay, but this, in my generation, I believe that we are awakened and God is awakening our hearts to this reality that He desires intimacy with us. I tell you, go to every temple in Singapore and you nev you'll never meet a God that desires to be intimate with you. This concept is, is amazing. It is extraordinary. Have you ever met a God that your friends talk about in another religion that He wants to be intimate with you? Yes? No. 
And this amazes me. Why would God in the heavens, I'm so excited when I talk about this, He is in the heavens, He has everything in His hands, but He wants to be intimate with me. He desires my heart. And you know, when I talk about the, the church on fire, when I talk about Acts, there's something that they experienced that let them go forth into the nations. When they were in the upper room, they experienced something. And I believe that for our generation, we have to experience this intimacy with God before we can be sent out. Because when, if there's no intimacy, we get, we get scared when we share with our friends. We get, you know, like, will they accept me for sharing the gospel with them? Do I have the bonus to share? And I struggle with that as a young person. What if I tell them that God is good? I'll be uncool in their eyes. And it's a real struggle, right? But I tell you, when you experience the intimacy and how real it is, right? I tell you, your, your evangelism, right, is not going to be a planned thing. It hits you by force, I tell you. When you're going out for coffee, you will see somebody on the street and you will go to them because God's intimate heart is in you. His desire for you and His people is inside of you and grain in you. You know, so today I want to talk about um, a church on fire, but what does it look like? How can we get there? As a young person, I do admit that when I was younger, I compare myself to other people. My leaders will say, wow, this guy very on fire. And I'll be like, how come I'm not so on fire? How come, like, I feel, in fact, very icy cold? You know, I don't even feel near to God. How can I go on the streets and share this gospel? How can I do that? Then I will go up, but I will drag my feet. But I pretend I'm very happy. La. I pretend I'm very into. And then I'll go share the gospel. But inside of me, when I go home, I'm like, is that it? That can't be it, right? But there are times where I'm so intimate with God and like, I'll be, like, Jason's behind, he's my boyfriend, he has preached here before, but sometimes we're going out on dates, you know, and, and because I'm so filled with the Holy Spirit, I see people there and I want to pray for them. And I go back home, it's a different reaction, it's like, wow, that seems like I experienced a trickle of what God's goodness is. You see? So, today I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about Intimacy. I want to talk about how intimacy can make you a church on fire. Okay? Okay, turn with me to, um, let's see, um, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24. Okay, and it says, God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. God is a consuming fire and a jealous God. Right? You guys there? Okay. How many of you have been in love before? Hey, don't pretend, eh? Hey, I want to share with you all a lot of stories, but you all don't want to be vulnerable with me. How can I be vulnerable with you? How many of you have experienced, like, first love before? Only one person? Okay, like, I know you are shy. Okay, but... Okay, um, you know how it feels when you are on the phone with that person and then you don't even say anything? I admit lah, okay? In my relationship with him, also like that before. Like, we'll be on the phone, right? Then like, hey, what are you doing? Uh? Oh, uh, using computer. Then after that, two minutes later, hey, what are you doing? Uh? It was the point of that, uh? I also don't know, right? But, but it's because there's this fiery passion, there's this uh, passion for love. And uh, I remember when I was P5, uh, okay, don't learn from me, okay? But I had a boyfriend when I was in P5. I'm sorry, Jason. <laughs> 
this is where he has to deal with the Lord. Uh, the Lord. But anyway, so I had, a, I had a boyfriend in P5. I don't know what relationship that was. Like, it was a like, catching kind of relationship. So after school every day, right, we shared the same bus home, right? And then we will always pass notes to each other and we'll play catching, like only two of us. Eh? <laughs> you know, and I tell you, that taught me the idea of God's pursuit in my life. No, I'm just kidding. But really, okay, when you are passionate and when you're in love, right, you will do anything. And God says that He is a consuming fire. He's a jealous God. Okay, He doesn't say, I am like a consuming fire. It's not a poem, okay? He says, He is a consuming fire. He is not likened to a consuming fire. He is a consuming fire. And He is a jealous God. You know, and can I tell you something? That today, right, God's desire for you is fiery. It's so consuming uh, that no waters can quench it. In Song of Songs, it says that no waters can quench your love. Your love is like a vehement flame. It's an exploding flame. A flame, flame all right? And no waters can ever quench it. Okay? I want you to just stop for a while and think about that. The God that we know, sometimes He's a friend. He is a, he is a, he's a king. He's all of that. He's a provider. He is gentle. He's all of that. But there's also a different aspect to him that he is fiery. And he burns with desire for you. Okay? And not only does he burn with desire for you, but he burns with desire for your family, for your friends, and he's always had his eyes on you. Okay? I want to break some lies today. I don't know what you guys are going through right now, but for, for people who are feeling like you're down in the dumps, or even if you're high in, a, like, high in a mountain experience, I want you to know that God's desire for you doesn't change. It doesn't change. There's nothing that can change it. He's like, hey, hey dude, I'm God. You want to change the way I feel? You, you can't do that. No, no demon can change the way how he feels about you. you know, and when you understand that truth about how he feels about you, evangelism, when you go out on the streets, it's going to be very, very natural. Okay, but just for this point, I want you to just look at your own heart. I'll bring you to another place later, but look at your own heart today. Okay, let's turn to Revelations 1. If you're there, say, I'm there. Oh, you're faster than me. Okay, Revelations 1, um, verse 12 to... 15, okay? And it says that, Then I turned and I, uh, to see the voice that spoke with me, and having s- turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to the feet, and girded about his chest with a golden band. And, and John here describes Jesus, and after seeing him, he says, His hair and his head and hair were white like wool, Okay? As white as snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire. Hey, have you guys read this before? Yes? Some of you haven't? Okay, when you look at Jesus, can, can you imagine him with eyes of fire? Hey, a bit weird, lah, to be honest. <laughs> Looks a bit weird, right? But can I explain to you today that his eyes reveal a very core part of his emotions? Okay, so, have you ever looked a girl in the eye that you liked? <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot I know lah. Like. <laughs> oh, oh, it was Jason. Uh. 
You're very supportive. Sorry, I like. Yeah, but you know, when you look somebody in the eyes, there's a connection, right? There's a connection. And um, God's eyes, Jesus' eyes burn with fire. And it represents the desire that He has for you, the burning passion that He has for your heart. Okay? And you know, this fiery eyes concept, uh, the fact that Jesus has eyes of fire, it changes everything. It really does. And I'll explain why, okay? It changes everything because there is a God that looks at me constantly. Do you know that? I pretend to be mind blown lah. Wow. Ah. <laughs> right? No, seriously, He looks at you constantly. So whether you're in school, whether you're sharing the gospel with your friend, whether you're in church, whether you are lying down, whether you are in your weak moment, whether you fall into sin and you feel horrible about yourself and you say, God, I want to love you again. Or sometimes you don't even feel like saying that. He sees. His eyes of fire, the amazing thing about this is that it is not distorted. Have you seen fire before? Fire is used to purify things. So you want to find a pure goal, you put gold in the fire. So when Jesus has eyes of fire, it means that when he looks at you, right, it's not a distorted view. You understand what's distorted, right? Okay, because I know there's are younger ones, so I want to make sure everybody understands. Um, he has no distorted view of you. So there's no biasness in his eyes when he looks at you. Your friends might look at you and see your actions and say one thing about you. But when Jesus uses his eyes of fire to look at you, he sees you for who you are and what he has created you to be. And he sees you as perfect, you know. So this changes everything because I know that I will never be unimportant to anyone. Because God values me as important. And if he is the God of heaven and earth, and he says, Dorothy, you are important, who else is supposed to say, God, you are wrong? Right? And you know, the eyes of fire, the amazing thing about this is that his eyes, they remember everything. They remember everything. They remember your decisions to say, God, I choose to love you in my weakness. When I don't feel like it, when I don't feel like coming to church on a Sunday, I drag myself out of bed. I, I have those moments. I drag myself out of bed to go to church. God sees those, you know. He sees those decisions. For somebody who has fallen into a sin or, you know, something, you, you fall maybe into sexual immorality or pornography, and you say, God, I choose to surrender this part of my life to you. I don't know how to overcome it, but God, I say, God, I love you, and will you help me? His eyes of fire remember those things, and they purify your situation. So his eyes of fire is not just a weird like, phenomenon, but his eyes of fire purifies you. It doesn't see you with a distorted view. It remembers everything, and it will reward you. How many of you know that God is a good father? And he loves to reward Joanne, right? You are mom. You would love to reward your own child. You don't like, oh, you do something good. Ah. Okay, try harder, try harder. But as a father, as a mother, you desire to reward your child. And I want to remind you today, whatever season you are in, Jesus desires you the same. It cannot be comprehended, ah, to be honest. Like you might take a lifetime to understand this concept. But you must remind yourself when you're feeling weak, when you fall into sin, when you don't feel like coming to church, when you don't feel like meeting anybody in church, when you don't feel like doing this or that, you must remember that His desire for you doesn't change. It is constant and it, and it burns for all eternity. Amen? Alright. So, um, before I go to my next point, I want you to turn to Revelations 4. 
Okay, when we read this, I want you to keep an open heart. Okay, I don't want you to, huh, so weird. Uh. Okay, I want you to keep an open heart. You know, when just now Kathy was leading us in the day and night, night and day, and we said, all the angels bow before your throne day and night, night and day, right? I want to show you what it really means in the Bible, where that song came from. Can I? Okay. So, just a background, John was taken up in the spirit, okay? And in Revelation 4, it says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. So, Jesus was taken up in the... What? In the... Oh, what did I say? Uh, John was taken up in the spirit, okay? And he saw these things. He said, immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in, respond, heaven, and one set on the throne. Okay, so guys, this is the throne room of God. When we talk about God, I want to come into your throne room. You must understand this is the throne room of God, okay? And I'll describe it to you. Actually, John describes it to you lah. I just read, okay? And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in, ex- in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. So around his throne, right, there's a rainbow. And around his throne is like stones like, he looked like sardius. Sardius is a, is a fiery stone. It is red in color. It represents passion, okay? And if you read in 4, it says that, Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the throne I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. So Jesus, I mean, uh, God is sitting here, and around the throne are how many elders? 24, okay? 24, remember that. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Okay? And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. Okay, so there are 24 elders around the throne. Okay? Picture this with me. Huh? And then there are uh, creatures. Okay, there are four living creatures around his throne as well. And if you read in the Bible later and whatever we're going to read, right, these creatures look super weird. They have eyes everywhere. It says within and without, inside and outside. Okay, there's eyes everywhere. And, they, and, and they're just around the throne day and night, night and day. And um, it says that the first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature was a calf. The third living creature was a man and a flying eagle. Very weird, right? They really look very weird. Like, eyes all around, and then one looks like a man, one looks like a lion, one looks like an eagle. How, how, how does that look? I don't know. Okay? But what they do, okay, is if you read, it says that the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest. They do not rest. I cannot hear everybody. Day or night, saying... Holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, the 24 elders fall down and they cast their crowns again. You guys understand where I'm going? Okay, so let me explain this. Now we are living in this reality, right? Right? Okay, but there is something that happens in the heavenly reality that has happened ever since the heavens were created. So while we are here preaching and everything and sitting here, there's something that's happening in heaven right now. And if you read the Bible, um, it says that around his throne is fire. Right? 
Its fire is burning with passion. And you know the creatures, they're called seraphims. And seraphims mean the burning ones. Okay, so this is what they do. The, uh, the God of heaven and earth sits on the throne. There's lightning and it's, it's not just gentle, okay? It is crazy out there. It's, it's I, I don't know how to explain it. It's crazy out there. Sorry? It's intense. It is, it is not chaotic, but like it's really very intense and powerful. Okay, there's lightning and there's fire around him. There's emerald, there's sardius and everything. And then, you know, the, the creatures, they... Every time God reveals a new aspect of himself to them, the creatures fall down on their face and they worship him. Why do they have eyes all around and within? To see a different aspect of God every single time. So this has been happening ever since the heavens were created, you know. Can you imagine day and night, night and day, you are right in front of God just worshipping Him, this fiery God and experiencing His passion and fiery desire and you just fall down and worship Him. And the elders say, and, and, and the Bible says that the elders cast their crowns. That's why we sing that song. All the angels bow down. All the elders cast their crowns. And seraphims, they are burning ones. Why are they burning? Because they have been beholding this burning God ever since the heavens were created. They are not bought, you know. <laughs> Nobody chained them to the throne. You realize? Nobody say, hey, Seraphim, you have to stay here. God doesn't say that. God doesn't say, Seraphim, you have to stay here for all eternity. He doesn't say that. But it's because he reveals a new identity about himself, a character, like how we experience God and we experience his love, his goodness. And because he reveals and reveals and it's continuous, he's so inexhaustible, right, that the angels just cannot help it, but they go, and everything in their eyes, their eye sockets just shut down and they fall down and worship him again. And then after that, they recover a bit. And then they open their eyes again and then they see a new aspect about God and then they fall down on their face again. And they're called the burning ones. You know, I believe that, you know, a church on fire is one that will be like a seraphim that will behold our God and King. You want to be on fire? How? You have to behold the one who is full of fire. He is the consuming fire in Deuteronomy, right? He is a jealous God. And if you want to be on fire, it's very simple. You don't have to perform. You don't have to try. You don't have to give. You don't have to like... Like, slog your guts out. Is this, is this simple? You just have to behold this burning God. And whoever He is as a burning God will become, will, 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 you will become. And that's why the seraphims are called the burning ones. And I desire for this, you know. I desire for this. Alright, um, I want to move on to my next point. You know, um, I believe that a church on fire allows the Holy Spirit to usher you into the depths of God's heart. If you want to be someone on fire, you must allow the Holy Spirit to usher you into the depths of God's heart. Okay, can I get um, three volunteers, please? Okay, y'all can sabo each other. Lah. Don't so... Heidi. Heidi, who's Heidi? Heidi, come, come. All right. Um, okay, then I need... Uh, let me see. Uh, three guys. Huh, Peter. Who's Peter? Hey, come, come. Uh, Pete, Pete. Eat. Wanta? Yai. Huh? What's your name? I don't know what's your name. <laughs> Why so many names? What's your name? Eater. 
eater. I thought eater like, you know, eater. Okay, eater. Okay, uh, then there's Zhao. Uh, okay, one more guy, please. Come lah, don't, don't shy. Matthew. Okay, come, come. No? Oh. Matthew. Wow. Hey, Jason, don't you think he looks like Tati? <laughs> he looks like somebody we know. Okay, anyway. Okay. Uh, before that, just, just uh, feel at home first. Uh. Um, let's turn to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Actually, I want to make that feel awkward only. La. Okay, are you guys there or not? Hey, you're supposed to have memorized it actually. Right? Okay. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Okay? Here Jesus is saying, you know, I am going up to heaven, okay? But I'm going to send a helper to you. And he's going to anoint you to be witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And it, and it just represents to the ends of the earth. Okay? And if you read in John 14, right? Just listen, don't have to turn, Okay? He says that the, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. Okay? So can we establish the fact that when the Holy Spirit breathes upon you, He helps you? Can? Simple enough? Okay, He helps you. Okay, who want to be Jesus? Who want to be Father? Who want to be... Uh, the girl has to be Holy Spirit, lah, sorry. Because, not because Holy Spirit is just gentle, but um, you'll see why later. Uh, okay, who wants to be the normal human being? Okay, eat will be normal here with me. Okay, uh, can I invite Matthew to just sit here? Okay. Yeah. Okay, and uh, Jesus sit at the right hand of the Father. Okay, so Zihao is Jesus. Okay, and he is the normal human being, okay? Uh, like you and me. And she, uh, what's your name again? Heidi is the Holy Spirit. Okay, can I? Okay, this is how I envision myself every time I, I lose fire. Like, I, I, I feel cold, distant from God. I want you guys to remember this, okay? Ita is sitting there, okay? After a day of school, he's tired. He doesn't feel like going to cell group. Or he doesn't even feel like spending time with God, okay? Do you know that, okay, and this is the throne room, right? The throne room, what did I say? There are 24 elders, blah, 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 there, and it's burning with passion here. Okay? Burning with passion. Hey, try to show some passion towards each other. <laughs> okay? Okay. And, and he, he does not feeling too well. Okay? But you know that the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the helper, right? So the Holy Spirit, Heidi, please come. Okay? The Holy Spirit is the escort. He... Oh, he... Sorry, I just see that, okay? Uh, the Holy Spirit, okay? Ushers Ita. Bring him into the... Bring him into the inner place. He ushers him, hey, you must hold him, like, like escort lah. Uh. No, no, like, like, more. Uh. Okay? Okay, so Ita sit in between them. Okay. Okay, um, sorry, at this point in time, I need to change the Holy Spirit to a male. Um, Wayron, can you please help me? Heidi, thank you very much. Okay, let's give her a round of applause. Okay, so now this is, it's the same Holy Spirit lah, okay, but I have to change because of the role play. Okay, so sit down. Uh, Holy Spirit, you're here. Okay. And how many of you know that as God, right, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there are three aspects to God, correct? He's the Trinity. They are fully satisfied, even without either. Okay? They are fully satisfied. They are fully complete. But they want either inside. This communion. Communion. 
because they love Ethan so much. Okay? And so every time he, he, the Holy Spirit ushers Ethan into the throne room, this is what happens. The passion that Weiren and Matthew and Zihau share for each other as a complete... Hey, try, try to hug. Okay? Whatever they share, okay? So, um, Jesus loves the Father completely. The Father loves Jesus completely, Yes? There is a burning passion here. And then Jesus loves the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves Jesus. Holy Spirit, blah, blah. It, it's all vice versa. And they all love each other equally, uh, equal, equally, right? And they are fully complete. But they want ether inside. And so they are passionate. Eh, hug, leh. Hug. Okay? And, <laughs> okay. And so whatever um, Jesus feels about the Father, okay, the Father, it goes through ether. You understand? Okay? So, um, so I'll say, uh, Father, I love you. Okay? It doesn't, it, ju- it doesn't just come from here to here. It goes through ether. And from through ether, it goes to the Father. Okay? And then the Father will respond, Jesus, I love you too. And then it doesn't just go to Jesus directly. It goes through ether into Jesus. You understand that? So every time you come into the throne room of God, you are nestled in the desire of God. And it's very, very enjoyable. It's not, it's not tiring. All you have to do is this. God, I want to be loved by you. And here I am. I want to enter your throne room. The Holy Spirit will escort you into this place. And the burning desire will consume you. How do you become a church on fire? You, you just nestle in between the Trinity, like either. How do you want your youth ministry to be on fire? You, you just come into this place and nestle together. How do you want your friends to be on fire? You bring them into this place. Alright, can we just give them a round of applause? Thank you. Okay, so, how, I, I believe that a church on fire allows the Holy Spirit to breathe upon you, like how it was in Acts, okay? Even in John 14, it says that the Holy Spirit is your helper, Okay? I just want to go to my next point. But before that, I, yeah, I'll just probably take about 10 more minutes. Before that, okay, I realize that y'all sit guys and girls, right? It's your loss today, guys. Really. Okay, uh, pick a partner beside you. Okay? One to one, huh? Everybody must do it, okay? Okay, turn towards your partner now. No, Shinati, no, Shinati. So it's uh, one... Hey, do it, Jason. Ah. Okay, you guys ready? Okay, here's the game. Okay, I'm gonna. I need a watch. Um, Jess, can you help me time? Okay, I'm gonna ask you to look into your friend's eyes, right? For one minute. Okay, you cannot, you cannot look away. The moment you laugh and you look away, right? I want the winner to raise up their hands. Okay? The winner to raise up their hands. They haven't started yet, lah. They're very, they're very excited. <laughs> if you're a guy and you're next to the girl that you like, that's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, ready? Uh, okay, look at your friend's eyes right now, and I'll start the clock. Okay. So, whoever looks away, the other person must raise up the hand. Okay, so the winner raises up her, his or her hand. Okay, ready? Okay, start, start, start. On your marks, get set, go. Shh. Shh. 
No talking, no talking. No talking. Hey, those who lose really don't talk, please. And the back very noisy, yeah. No talking, no talking. Okay, if you have won, raise up your hand, huh? Okay. Some are still going strong. You won. Okay, who won? Okay, for those who are going strong, give yourself a round of applause, alright? <laughs> okay, the question is, awkward or not? No, not awkward. Ah. Ah, that means I'm the only awkward one here. <laughs> okay, um, how, how were you guys feeling when you all did that? Especially guys to guys. Awkward. Ah. Okay, okay, I like the answer. Some more? Shy. Shy. <laughs> Some more? <coughs> okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I think about these things. Lah. If I look at my friend and I'm so awkward, like, to be honest, like, when I look in the person's eye and I cannot look for long enough, um, I know it's a bit low blow, lah, but <laughs> how would you feel when Jesus looks at you in, his, in the eye? And you know that his eyes look at you all the time? It's not like I'm talking to you and then he, I'm talking to Jesus and Jesus just looks away and like, oh, okay, cons, okay. You know, when you talk to some people and they don't really look at you? Huh? Okay, compared to somebody who looks at you and talks to you, as compared to, talk to me? Yeah. But you see, I, I believe that, you know, there's always a power when there's an eye connection. You always, you know, you, you get what I mean? Like, when you're communicating with people, imagine today I'm preaching and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm listening to y'all and I'm talking to y'all, yes. My heart is there. But there is an eye, the, the eye connection brings a huge power. It brings a huge power. And today, I just want to remind you that God is making an eye connection with you. He's making an eye connection with you. I want to ask you this question today. Um, what is God saying about you? Have you ever thought about that? Look him in the eye today and say, God, what are you thinking about me? You don't have to answer me, but when you think about what God thinks about you, what do you think of? How do you think about God? Is he angry? Is he stern? Is he firm? Is he happy? Is he joyful? Does he love you? Does he, is he fully satisfied with you? Is he proud of you? When you look into his eyes today, I mean, that was just an awkward uh, activity for you to just wake up. Lah. But do you know that it's required of us to look God in the eye and to focus and behold his face? And when we do that, he tells you things about yourself that changes everything. There are times where I feel so lousy about myself. You can ask Jason, I'll be crying and I'll be like, I feel so lousy about myself, I feel so horrible. I know, right? So lame. But 
we go through that, okay? And, and, and every time I lift up my eyes and I look at God right in the eye, He never turns away from me. In fact, in Song of Songs, it says that, turn your eyes away from me, for they have overwhelmed me. I want to share with you a story. When Jesus went to the cross to die on the cross, when Je- <laughs> I'm laughing now. Okay, no, when Jesus went to the cross and he died for our sins, right? Do you know that he was there and all his utterances, whatever he said, right, was directed to the Father? He says, Father, I commit my, ha- my, my life into your hands. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And all the, the whole entire time, Jesus is looking at the Father. He's looking at the Father. His eyes are locked on the Father, and the Father is locked on Him. And I imagine, you know, in Song of Songs it says, Turn your eyes away from me, for they have overwhelmed me. And I believe so strongly that this is how the Father felt at a point in time when Jesus was bearing the 39 stripes and going through the humiliation, the nakedness for, for, for no sin, you know. And I, I imagine the Father looking down at Jesus and saying, Jesus, why are you still looking at me? Why do you still behold my face when I pour this cup of wrath on you? Why? Why do you still do that when I have to pour wrath on you because of other people's sin? Why do you still look at me as if I am the only thing that satisfies you? And I, I, hear, I hear God saying, you know, Jesus, turn your eyes away from me for they have overwhelmed me. And you know, there's a power when you look at Jesus and when you look at God in your weakness and in your circumstance. In your chaos, like how Jesus was on that cross and he chose to look at the Father. The Father says, Jesus, turn your eyes away from me. I cannot tahan anymore. I really cannot. I love you so much and I pour out this wrath on you, but you still choose to love me. You still choose to look at me. Why, Jesus? Turn your eyes away from me. I cannot tong really. I really cannot. You know, and today, I just, you know, I just want to encourage you that there's so much power in placing your eyes on Jesus. You want to be on fire? Look into his eyes of fire. You want to be a youth ministry on fire? Look into those eyes. Right? You know, um, in Acts, okay, um, in Acts chapter 2, it says that when the, the 120 were in prayer and supplication, right, literally the, the, rush, the, the mighty rushing wind of God came upon them and there were tongues on fire or fire on each person's head. You know, I, I believe that at that point in time in the upper room, the ex and the people, the 120, they were there for 10 days and they were looking at God. Yes, they were tired and hungry, but they were focusing their eyes on God and saying, God, we don't know what's going to happen next, but will you pour out your spirit? Will you pour out something? They don't even know the concept of the spirit at that point in time. Will you pour out something? And they had their eyes focused there. And what happened is that a mighty rushing, a mighty rushing wind came upon that room and, and that was the greatest revival in history. You know, you want, you want revival in your youth ministry? It looks like something. It looks like a generation placing their eyes on the eyes of fire and getting revelation about who you are. He will tell you what he thinks about you. He will tell you that he enjoys you even in your weakness, you know, guys. Your sin does not determine who you are. Your failures do not determine who you are. How lousy you feel does not determine who you are. When you look into those eyes of desire and fire, it just illuminates something inside of your heart. You cannot escape that kind of desire from God. You know, and I want you today to just position your your eyes upon God. 
I want to share with you a few experiences in our youth ministry. Um, like every other youth ministry, we go through you know, times of building and times of um, trials, definitely, and just working together as a family. But I remember there was this season when um, uh, Jason actually just came back from IHOP, and uh, you know, there was this, there was this, like, I think Pastor Daniel, they went to this Pasadena revival, and they came back, and our youth ministry, we like to noir after service. You know, you, you guys know what's noir, right? Like, just noir, and like, we do nothing, like, literally for eight hours. After eight hours, we say, okay, let's go eat dinner, right? <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. It's, but we just enjoy the community. So during that time, I remember in those noirness, right, um, somebody took up the guitar and started playing. Lah. And I tell you, we started worshipping for a good seven hours. It was like from 12 to 7, 7.30, okay? And in that point in time, there was a breaking, like a breakout of like the Holy Spirit in that place, you know. The Holy Spirit breathed upon us. We had a new revelation of who God is. People, start, one of my friends started dancing. She's a, she's a teacher, no offense, Joanne. But she, she was super like serious and she was like, she's not the dancer kind, lah, let's put it that way. And she started dancing. She was dancing with angels literally, you know. After the whole experience, I asking her, what, what happened to you? I just felt like angels were just twirling me around and I just danced with angels. And then um, there were people just cr- crying on the floor, just encountering God. Some people were laughing because the joy of God was just so real in their lives. They don't even know what they're laughing at. It's like they're just laughing, you know. And there was such a revival at that point in time. <clears throat> Fast forward about one and a half years, God gave me a vision share this with you because when I was praying, I feel like um, this is something for you, your youth ministry. And I, I will close with this, alright? Um, before I took over the youth ministry from Jason, I remember there was this time when we were having youth service and the hand of the Lord just came upon me. I was literally like sitting here and I was like, oh, because the weight of God's glory was on me and my eyes were open to this vision, okay? I saw before me was the throne of God. And it was big. It was huge. It was as if I couldn't even see his hands because it was so huge. Okay? Um, think about Revelations 4. A huge throne room, uh, a huge throne that God was sitting on. And I saw soldiers just looking at, at the throne, like positioned, about 100 of them. Okay? They were just looking at the throne. And they, they were just focused. Okay? In the first vision, I saw that their hearts were not on fire. I saw that some of them had broken limbs and they had broken arms. Some of them, I believe this was for my youth ministry, lah, but I just sense maybe it will just speak to you. Um, I saw that um, some of them were mimed together in emotional ties, you know, just mimed together and connected. And some of them were deformed. Some of them didn't have armor. Some of them had swords but no armor. Some of them had armors but no swords. Okay, and they were just standing before the throne of God. I was crying out. I was like, God, this cannot be the army of God that you're talking about. And then he transited me and he showed me another vision. And in this vision, it was the same throne, but this army that was standing before the throne of God, um, their hearts, literally, it was a blazing fire. It was a fire that was consuming them. God was burning. Their hearts were burning. They were standing there and they had thrones, um, they had, they had armors and they had um, robes of royalty. And none of them were deformed. They were also ready to just love on God and to bring the gospel out there. You know, and I saw before my eyes, it grew from 100 to 200 to 300 to thousands and ten thousands and millions. I couldn't see the end of this vision. 
you know, and I just sense today that this might be for your youth ministry. You're starting out with what, 60 people now, you know, and I believe that as we look at the Father and as we, we behold the fiery desire of God, you know, our hearts will come ablaze. And trust me, um, uh, the army will arise. The army will arise and numbers will come in. But the numbers are not what we're pursuing. It's what we're pursuing is the heart of God. The numbers come naturally. The numbers come naturally. You know, um, yeah, so I just, I just feeling today that um, God wants to show you his desire for each and every one of you. It is a Pastor Joanne's heart, you know, to see this youth ministry become a youth ministry on fire. But what does it mean to be on fire? How do I get there? Is it ever even possible? Is it possible to see revival in my youth ministry? Is it possible to see these moves of God in my youth ministry? Will I always feel bored coming to church? Is church just this? You know, and today I just sense that God wants to assure some hearts today. He wants to speak into your heart. It's not about what I'm going to say anymore. I'm, I'm almost done. But I just feel like God is going to do a mighty work in speaking to your own heart. All right, and um, can I just invite you to stand and can I get the worship team up, if that's possible? You know, in Acts, it says that um, when, when the Spirit of the Lord, you know, when, when it came in like a mighty rushing wind, you know, people started being bold. They started to, to, to not fear anything and they brought the gospel to the to ends of the earth, you know. And I think about this and I'm thinking, wow, God, your desire for us translates into such a powerful manifestation. All right, so just across this room today, you know, every eyes closed and every head bowed, I want you to just connect with God, okay? We're not in a rush. I want you to connect with God. You see, at this point in time, it goes beyond what I say. But it's the Holy Spirit that will come upon you and will bring revelation to your heart. And even as the worship team just leads us in a song, um, I want you to ask God this question. God, what are you feeling about me today? What are you thinking about me today? How do you feel about me? Will you show me your desire for my heart, for my youth ministry? And for my friends. And I want you to just connect with God. Just keep asking God, God, what do you think about me? How do you see me? In my weakness and in my failure or even in my mountain experiences. God, how do you burn with desire for me? Are you burning with desire for me? Is what Constance, is like whatever she's saying, is it true? Let's just worship Him and let's just keep asking God that question, okay? I, I know that God is going to move my lead today. Before I came, 
I just heard him say, I want to encounter hearts. I want to set hearts ablaze today. I want to set hearts on fire with a desire for my name. Thank you, Lord. There must be more than this. Oh, breath of God, come breathe within. There must be more than this. Spirit of God, we wait for you. There must be more than this. Connect with God today. Ask him those questions. Let him speak to your heart personally.
just open up the altar, alright, and today we have people to pray with you, but more importantly, I, I want you to respond to this call. You know, I'm speaking to two groups of people today. Um, the first group, you know, you might be feeling far away from God. You might be feeling like your heart is not on fire. And when we talk about the church on fire, it doesn't even, it doesn't even like hit your heart because you feel so far away. And if you are that group, you know, I just want to let you know today that God wants to encounter your heart with His burning desire. He wants to set your heart on fire today because you are awakened to how much He loves you and how much He desires you. Alright, and the second group, you know, if you just want to, if you just want to respond to the call that you're saying, God, I want to know what you are thinking about me today. I've gone through a lot, you know, I've gone through a lot. I, 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 I might be in a horrible position or I even might be in a mountain experience, but I don't really know what you think about me. So God, would you come and would you let your desire and what you think about me burn inside of me and awaken something? Alright, so even as the worship team leads us in that song again, this is between you and God, alright? This is between you and God. I don't need you to come up if you don't want to. But I believe that even as you step out of your comfort zone, that God is here today. There is a special anointing upon your ministry, loud generation. There is a, there is a beckoning of the Father towards intimacy. He's calling you towards that place of intimacy today. And I know that for some of you, He's speaking directly to your hearts today. And I don't want you to just make a decision like, Hey God, you know, I'll just, I'll just you know, do whatever the preacher says. But, you know, I want you to make a decision and just say, God, I, I want to try this out. You know, I want to I wanna know what you think about me and I just want to, I want to experience you. Like how God encountered Moses in the burning bush experience. I just sense today and I prophesy that some of you are going to have your burning bush experience today. You are going to experience the fire of God in a mighty way and your life will not be the same again. Wow. Thank you, Lord. So worship team, just lead us. And you know, if you are, if you are either one of the, the, the groups, you know, I just want to invite you to come in front.
seven generation, God, they will know your birth of desire. Father, will you raise up a generation that knows your burning desire for them, God? Jesus, I pray for love generation today. Lord, will you help them to encounter your burning heart? You know, guys, I just, I, I just keep hearing God saying, my child, would you come into my bosom? Would you come into my heart and experience what I desire for you and your people? I hear his jealous heart over loud generation today. And guys, I'm, <laughs> I'm just feeling his emotions all around me. He's so jealous, you know, for many of your hearts. He's so jealous. escort them into the throne room today Father I stand in the gap for loud generation God and I'm asking God that you will break into their hearts today would you set their hearts on fire God and would you raise up a youth ministry in our nation that would desire the very heart of God would you raise up a new breed in our nation Father, who would give everything to experience the burning desire of God. Father, I'm asking God for those who are struggling to give up things in their life. God, would you let your burning desire consume them? Lord, that they don't have to try with their own strength anymore. But would you raise up a people who will know your heart and your desire for your people and the people outside of the church, God. Set their hearts on fire today. Hold up. 
Stay in your presence, swear I 
some of your friends are really encountering God today. Today, and and God's desire is just, you know, encapsulating them and consuming them today. And I just want to encourage you: if you're not feeling anything right now, it's okay. But just continue to press in. Father, reveal your heart. Reveal your heart, God. We fix our eyes on you. Would you set our hearts ablaze? Would you set loud generation ablaze today? <laughs> Would you set loud generation ablaze like the eggs church today, God? Fill them with your desire. Fill them with your power, God. So just pull me a little closer, take me a little deeper. I want to know your heart, I want to know your heart. Cause your love is so much sweeter than anything I tasted.
say this, you know, um, loud generation, there have been um, secret decisions that you have made to please me, and my eyes are fire, they remember those decisions, they remember those decisions that you have made in your room, or even decisions that you have made um, with regards to friendships and relationships, to just pursue after God, and God says that He remembers, and He sees your weak yes at times, but He says, I remember my eyes of fire, they remember, and I will reward you. I will reward you. So, Father, would you release that assurance right now? Release that assurance. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name.
Just sing it again. Come be the fire.
um, if, if you're not praying or you're not being prayed for, maybe we can just all stand up. And we're going to end soon. Sorry, we're running late. And, and I just want to share with you um, uh, a verse. Um, you know, the leaders and I, we've, we've been praying for our ministry and, and, and as I pray, this is the verse that uh, God keeps bringing me back to. Okay, I think it's a familiar verse. Some of you will know it. It's from Second Chronicles 7.14. It says, If my people who are called by my name will humble, them, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And I really want to encourage you not to allow this to be a, a weekend experience. You know, this is not like a, a show or whatever. You come here and you get something out of it and then you go home and, and you are unchanged. You know, all, all this is only real if when you walk out the door, you have encountered the living God and you are changed and transformed and you'll never be the same again. And I want to encourage you to keep seeking Him in that secret place every day. You know, church doesn't happen only on weekends. You seek Him and you really turn and seek His face and you really come before Him with a heart that says, God, I want to know You more. I want to love You more. I want to please You more. I want to serve You more. I want to just be in Your presence more. And I tell you, your life will be different and your heart will be set on fire. And so we're going to end with um, a song. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, you know, let's, let's just uh, stand up and, and we'll sing this song together and worship Him and it will end.